Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. I woke up this morning and I knew it would be online. Today was the perfect day where Christians are slaughtering each other for either they canceled the service or whether they went to service not using wisdom. And I want to address that today. Shout with me balance. Balance. I want everyone to respect each other's faith. There's a lot of people missing today. A lot of people are missing today. And for whatever reason, I guarantee you it's about the virus. And it's not because their level of faith is not there. Is that there's a difference between unbelief and precaution. All right. So I want you to get out of your mind that folks are in a place of unbelief. How about folks are in a place of just they're being precautious. All right. So I want you to make sure that the faces that you don't see, you don't allow yourself to get to a place of of judgment and a mindset of a Pharisee of why, why they ain't come. They should come. They know better. You know, we don't know where they're at and you don't know why they come. And on top of that, not everybody in the house is Christian and saved. All right. So people are managing the best way that they know how. All right. A couple of things. For us to keep in mind concerning the virus is this. Turn with me to Isaiah 46. First thing I want you to understand is this. Some of this stuff might be preaching to the choir, but some people have never heard it. Number one is this, and nothing happens on the earth without God allowing it. Amen. All right, so God is not surprised about the virus. We're surprised, but God isn't. Why? Because nothing happens on the earth without heaven approving it for it to happen. This is to me, whether good or bad. God is in control of the affairs of the earth. Even though man thinks he's in charge, he is not in charge. You are just a player and this whole game belongs to God. All right. So whether you're on the good or the bad side, God is in control. All right. Isaiah 46 verse 9 through 13 verses 9 the third things. Look what it says. It says, remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am who? God. I'm God. And there is none like me. Only I can tell you the what? I can tell you the future. How? 
before it even happens. Everything, what? I plan shall come to pass. For I do whatever I wish. And I will call a swift bird of prey from the east, a leader from a distant land to come and do my what? Do my bidding. I have said what I would do and I, I will do it. Listen to me, you stubborn people who are so far from doing right. For I am ready to set things right. Not in the distant future, but when? But right now. I am ready to save Jerusalem and show my glory to Israel. So the context is very simple. That nothing happens on the earth without it being part of God's plan. Things like the virus does not take us, take us by surprise. Let me also share this about the virus is the coronavirus has always been here. If you read your Lysol bottle, it already had said. All right. So, so, so just because it's highlighted now and it's new doesn't mean that it's new. It's, it's just in the forefront. We'll get into that a little bit later for my conspiracy theorists. All right. So shout with me. It's God's plan. It's God's plan. Not the virus itself, but the fact that he allowed it. And this lets me get great hope because in the midst of a world that is in terror, my soul is anchored in trusting in him. See your worldly friends around you or bachelor the Christian, they scared to die. Amen. God is in control. Number two is this. Turn with me to Matthew 24, verse 38. So, number one is this God is obviously in control, and nothing happens on the earth without God knowing that it's going to happen. All right. Number two is this Matthew 24, verses 3. At the 24 verses 3 through 8. The second thing is this. Jesus said there will be pestilences on the earth. See, so he warned us 2,300 years ago that what we're seeing now would happen exactly how it was going to happen. Matthew 24 verse 3 through 8 says, Later Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives... His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will all of this happen? What sign? Shout with me, sign. Okay, watch this. We'll get back to that. We'll signal your return and the end of the world. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you for many will come in my name saying I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of what? Wars. Threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place. But the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be what? Famines. Or the word in there in the King James is pestilences. Or rather, famines, pestilences, disease, outbreaks, pandemics, and earthquakes in what kind of part of the world? Many parts of the world, but all of this is only the 
first of the labor pains. Listen to me, church. More is to come. So what is God or what was Jesus trying to tell us? What was he trying to get us to not be caught by surprise, but to also rejoice that when you see pandemics, it's a sign that Jesus is on his way. Get me excited. Now, now, watch this. The, the Bible says don't get caught up with that is the end, but it's not the end. It's a labor pain, which means the earth, the water broke. You missed what I just said. <laughs> the water broke on the earth. Now, I know the water broke. This is how you know when it's of the Lord or allowed by the Lord. It gets the whole world's attention, not a nation's attention. See? Had it just been an America thing, it wouldn't have been part of that. It would have just been something tailored. But this thing has gripped the whole world. The earth's water has been broken. Jesus said it would happen. So that the church could be ready and not a tribute to the devil. Let me say that again. And not a tribute to the devil what's actually in God's divine purpose. Let me share a secret with you. Judgment is not of the devil. Judgment is God's loving hand of discipline to a people and an earth that he loves. Because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to what? Come to repentance. Number three is this. Turn me to Acts chapter 11. Am I talking good? Hey man, it's that good old time preaching. Preaching about the return of the Lord. How many remember these messages when you first got saved? Hallelujah. Maybe the reason why God is allowing it so that preachers can stop preaching this. Turn around, touch your neighbor, and get back to Bible. Preach doctrine. You know, getting inspired talking about the coming of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Acts chapter 11. So number three is this. The church throughout history, listen to me, has always been warned before something happened. The church has always been warned. Now let me just share a secret with you. Though it's not popular to be a prophet of doom and gloom and a prophet of judgment and correction, but even though it's not popular on a mic, to preach those things, it doesn't mean the prophets have not been hearing from God that God's judgment is on his way. There's been some of you prophets that have been dreaming with tsunamis. There's been some of you that have been dreaming with fire. There's been some of you. Why? God still speaks to the prophets about pending judgment on the earth. Look at this. Watch this. During the time, during this time, some of the who? The prophets. Shout with me. The prophets. The prophets. Traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them was named Achabus. He stood up in one of the meetings and what did he do? He predicted by the spirit that there would be what? That there would be a great famine. Now, now watch this. This wrestles with our present ecclesiastical dogma of a church because we are enslaved to 1 Corinthians 14, edification, exhortation, and comfort. 
This is a New Testament prophet, not an Old Testament prophet. This is after the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Now, we know he has the Holy Spirit because when he prophesied, he didn't say, thus saith the Lord. Under the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not live inside the belief. Man, I feel like preaching. Under the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not live inside the believer. He came on the believer. So they would prophesy saying things like, thus saith the Lord. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit doesn't live on a believer. He lives inside the believer. And when we prophesy, we don't say, thus saith the Lord. We say, thus saith the Spirit. So we know he was prophesying under the dispensation of the New Testament. And what did he prophesy? Famine. It says this was fulfilled during the reign of who? Claudius. Now what does this mean? Very simple. Is that the church is not without a prophet forewarning us of what is coming. And sometimes what comes might not be a new house. Might not be a new title. Might not be a new level of glory. Sometimes God might prophesy to you like Joseph and say save for seven years because Egypt is about to hit with some lean years. Let me tell you something. God is not always telling you blessing and prophet and all these good. Sometimes God might be saying save, pray, lock in, wait for this season to pass. This is great. Want to know why? Because this lets me know that the coronavirus didn't just come on the earth. Many of you had heard and knew it was coming. See? And God speaks that to the... The the issue is sometimes we don't say anything because we don't want to be the doom and gloom prophet. But I think what this pandemic allows us now, the prophets, is, is giving you room to be able to give us the other side of God's counsel. To prepare and to bring the people back to righteousness. I love that about God. It's because we are not without a warning. Shout with me. We are not without a warning. We are not without a warning. Amen. Why does God use pandemics? Why does he and how does he use it? And what is the purpose of God allowing something like this to happen? Turn with me. Leviticus 26 Verse 14, number one is this, God uses pandemics, pestilence, famine, war to get our attention. Verse 14 through 20, look what it says, look on the screen. It says, however, if you do not listen to me and obey all these commands, and if you break my covenant by rejecting my decrees treating my regulations with contempt and refusing to obey my commands I will punish you I will bring what sudden terrors upon you and it actually gives us an idea of what the terror how many know the whole earth is terrorized right now well why is it terrorized because of a wasting disease See, watch this. Look what it says. Look what it says. A wasting disease and what? Burning fevers that will cause your what? Eyes to fail and your life will be ebbed away. You will plant your crops in vain because your enemies will eat them. Next verse. Watch this. I will turn against you and you will be defeated by your enemies and those who hate you will rule over you and you will even run 
when no one is even chasing you. And if, this is the closing context, and if in spite of coronavirus, you still won't listen. Look what it's saying. Look what it's saying. I allowed it to get you to listen to me. The issue, watch this, it's not allowed for judgment. Because had he allowed it for judgment, he'd just destroy you. He'd allowed it so that you can pay attention. This coronavirus has been sent to the church and to the earth to give people deliverance in their ears. This, this pandemic is rebuking the deaf and dumb spirit over the church. Eh? God is trying to get our attention. Well, know why? Because God is saying at this current rate, you're on your way to hell and I don't want you to go to hell. Eh? At this rate, the church is lukewarm and I'm about to spit you out. But no, I'm going to keep you in. Trying to wake us up. God allows it. Let me share a secret with you. The only time pandemic is ever released on the earth is because of someone's disobedience. You don't believe so? Ask David when God judged him for counting the people. And God said, you pick three judgments. Pick one you want. And he said, I'd rather fall in the hands of the Lord. And the Bible said that God sent a pestilence that took out 22,000 people. Which means this, pandemics are not designed to destroy, they're designed to awaken. Now watch this, earthquakes are designed to destroy, pandemics are designed to awaken. Awaken us to who? To one voice. God said, if in spite of all of this, you still disobey me, I will punish you with seven times more. And then he goes on in the rest of the chapter to keep going. Look at this. The next reason why God allows it. John 9, 1 through 5. Whatever God allows, God will find a way to get glory out of it. See, when the devil is involved in something, God don't get no glory in that. But when God is allowing something, Job, you missed what I just said. When God allows this world to go through a season where my hand is on him to get Job's attention, in the end, I get glory out of it. John chapter 9, verse 1 through 5. Look at this. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been what? Blind from birth. Look at this. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why? So the question was what? Why? Shout with me, why? Why? That's what the world is asking, why? Okay, why was this man born blind? 
Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Jesus answered, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. So in this specific circumstance, the reason why God allowed it was God knew he would get glory out of it. Watch this. What the devil meant for evil, God turns it around for good. He turns it around for his good. Joseph, just look at the person next to you and just tell him, hello, Joseph. Look at them and say, they slowed you in slavery, but hello, Prime Minister. Ha! Tell him, hello, Prime Minister Egypt. Good stuff. I decree that the church is going to be better because of this. You're going to find preachers getting back to righteousness. You're going to find the apostles and prophets are going to stop prophesying the real counsel of the Lord. You're going to see something glorious come out of this. And one thing I do know is that the church is not going down. The church is going up. What's happening is that there's been an upgrade. <laughs> there's been an upgrade. Yeah, there's been an upgrade. Shout with me, there's an upgrade. There's an upgrade. There's, a, there's, been, there's an upgrade. There's an upgrade. There's an upgrade. There's a shift. There's a shift. There's a returning back to the old paths. I'm not talking about legalism, but I'm talking about true holiness and true righteousness and true doctrine where we're preaching Bible and not church culture and not fivefold culture. We're preaching Jesus, all Jesus, nothing but Jesus. And true holiness. Hallelujah. Without it getting spooky and egoistic. God said, I'm going to glorify myself in this. The third reason why this is happening on the earth is, listen to me, is because we've allowed it. We've, human beings allowed it. Irresponsibility of caretaking on the earth can produce a curse on the earth. Leviticus 26 verse 33 and 35. All right. I will scatter you among the nations and bring out my sword against you. Your land will become what? Desolate. Your land will become desolate and your what? And your cities will do what? Your cities will lie in ruin. Next verse. Watch this. Then at last, what? The land will do what? The land will enjoy. Let me share a secret with you. This is high level, next level revelation. Have you ever heard of the term upon the face of the earth okay watch this remember the time when Moses prayed for the ground to swallow somebody up right right the Bible actually uses the word swallow watch this I'm going to show you this powerful revelation so if the earth has a face the earth also has a mouth watch this let me show you something look what the Bible says the Bible says that the earth even groans is group pandemic is a sign that the earth you missed it okay watch this I'm gonna connect a dots for you watch this Romans chapter 8 says the earth groans right what is it groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God what does that mean that human beings would rightfully govern this earth small g under a bigger chief, God, sons of God, and carry out his will on the earth. 
But what happens? What happens? When we don't maintain the earth, the earth speaks. Some people needed to stay home. You missed what I just said. I've been too busy. Now you got your kids home. Perfect. Go outside and play some ball. Have some fellowship and be a parent. How many of you got that dreaded email? They're off for the week. Like, what? Oh. <laughs> Amen. I decree that even if they tell you stay home for two weeks, I decree there will be no financial loss. There will be no stressing about how am I going to pay this off. God said, I got every bill in my hand. You're two weeks off. I'm coming from heaven. Not your job. God said, don't spend time with your family and kids. I got you. I got you. I decree that every person that was let go or is about to let go because the job is downsized, they don't make the money, I decree you have a season of rest or your paperwork will be in order, your severance check will be very, very high, you will live on that for a season, and God said, I'm gonna de- I decree I'll give you a better job with a higher paid salary in Jesus' mighty name. Got let go and employee, you get hired a manager. So, what is God's fail proof system? Watch this Deuteronomy chapter 7, very quick. We as a church have a fail safe system that even though the world is going through pandemic, we are in the world, but we are not of this world. Watch this, watch this. Deuteronomy chapter 7. This pastor talking good to you guys. Encouraging you. Watch this. Watch this. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 12. Deuteronomy 7, verse 12. Here's what I've learned is this. That the number one thing is this. If I'm obedient, no harm will come upon me. See? If I know I've been walking in his ways, then no matter what happens around me, I have a pandemic proof force field around me. Watch this. If you listen to these regulations and faithfully obey them, the Lord your God, what will he do? He will keep his covenant of what? Unfailing love with you as he promised with an oath to your ancestors. Watch this. All right, look at this. You will be blessed above all the peoples of the earth. And none of your men and women will be childless. And none of your livestock and all your livestock will bear young. And the Lord will do what? He will protect you from what? Shout with me, all sickness. He will not let you suffer from the terrible coronavirus. But he will inflict them upon your enemies. And your enemies are not people. Your enemies are the demons and devils. And what God is saying, if you obey me, if coronavirus even tries to come next to you, I'm going to send it back to the pit of hell where it came from. Got a fail-proof system. 
And when it creeps up on me, I back up off me. Because I know I'm walking right. See? Number two is this. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 6. The second thing God is saying that of how you need to respond to this is use precaution and wisdom. So what am I meaning by that? I know you're walking by faith, but wash them nasty hands, all right? Wash them hands. Wash your hands. Shout with me. Wash my hands. But the Lord got my hands. Baby, go to the bathroom and go wash your hands. Talk about robo shot. Robo shot. Robo soap. Go some robo soap. Go get some robo. <laughs> you know, you get these. You get, <laughs> get away from that. <laughs> you know, I got faith, but I wash up too. Listen to me. For all of my pseudo-spiritual, apostolic, and prophetic, high-level word of faith, Benny, hearing all of this big stuff, God says with all of that, don't turn away from wisdom. For she will do what? Protect you. Shout with me, wisdom protects me. And not only let her protect you, love her. For she will what? Who is she? Wisdom. Which means love precaution. Alright? Let's listen to what our government is saying in the area of certain precautionary methods of us. God says, if you don't have to go out, don't go out. Stay home. Stay home and pray. Catch that revelation. You know? And for those of us of you that gotta go out, you know, do it, wash your hand. Whatever you touch, wash your hand. All right? Do all that stuff. Why? Because what, what is wisdom actually trying to do? Go back and verse. Trying to protect you. See? You can't eat on the motion now, your way to foolishness. You know? Number three is this. How should you respond to what's happening on the earth? Number three is this. Aside from embracing wisdom, listen to me, church, is don't let your heart be troubled. Verse 33 of chapter 16. What it says. Hallelujah. I have told you all of this that you may have what? Peace. See? Here on earth, you will have what? Many trials. And what? Sorrows. But do what? Take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Which means this. They have turmoil out there. We have peace in here. Shout with me. I'm a carrier of peace. Being precautious shouldn't rob you of your peace. You can be peaceful and precautious at the same time and believe God for healing. Quickly. Okay, watch this. Watch this. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 15. What happens if a person does get sick? It happens. It happens. Well, if they get sick, we believe God to heal them. Which means we believe in a God who heals. Isaiah 38. Quickly. Isaiah 38. See? Isaiah 38. Quickly. Verses 1 through 6. Watch this. How should our response be to the world around us and to those who do get sick? Watch this. About that time, Hezekiah became what? 
He became what kind of ill? He became deathly ill. How many know Hezekiah was a man of God? Okay, so the man of God, it doesn't even say how he contracted this. But the Bible does say he got sick. As a matter of fact, he was so sick that his sickness was going to kill him in three days. Watch this. And the prophet Isaiah, had to be a prophet, right? <laughs> Came and went to visit him. Imagine the prophet Isaiah coming to visit you. You getting excited. Oh, I'm, I'm walking out of here. And he tells you, in three days, you're going to croak. <laughs> this is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order. For in three days, baby, you're going to die. Wow. And look at this. You will not recover. Next verse. Oh, my God. Look at the next verse. When Hezekiah heard this, because he was a good storefront Pentecostal, he didn't just take it like that. He set his face to the wall, and what did he do? He prayed. A sick man prayed. A, a, a man who was on his death sentence prayed. Watch this. Just because God said it, don't mean it. You don't, you can't do something to get God to change His mind. The man said, "The Lord said, And you know he didn't do. You know, as the Lord wills, he said, "Oh." Where's my prayer? A wall of intercession. He said, oh, I'm going over here. God, heal me. And the Bible says before the prophet left the palace, God said, turn around. Remember, oh Lord, how I've always been faithful to you and served you single-minded. Always doing obedience. What pleases you? And then he broke down. came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and say, this is what the Lord says. The God of your ancestor David, I have heard your prayer. I have heard and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. 
Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.